0: Hey Coconuts, today in TFC Stock Geek Up, we're going to finally explore a company that's not listed in the US. <laughs> The list in Hong Kong, the Singapore company is synonymous with gaming. By now, you should know what I'm saying. They have a cult-like following and consistently push into new tech spaces over the years. While I believe some of their attempts could have gone even further to try to entrench themselves to become bigger platform and technology ecosystem provider, they have a very strong brand, right? Synonymous with gaming and all these people buying up their stuff. Yeah. My goodness, right? It, it's it is a thing, and they. are basically bought up the whole space, right? So, very, very powerful company and very strong in terms of their brand. Interesting company and I hope the founder, if you're listening, Min Liang, I hope you can come on the show and share with us more what do you see your company into the future, right? Joining me today to geek on Razer is Thomas Steele, our in-house stock and tech geek. And for all of you that don't yet know, Razer started out selling gaming mouse, right? Those kind of very complicated gaming mices, and people use it really just for some sort of advantage in gaming. I'm not a gamer, but I know there's like all these weird, weird... Right, and people use it to get themselves a little bit faster compared to their you know competitors. But they've come so far; they have all sorts of lines these days, right? For laptops, desktop, keyboards, even chairs and all that jazz, right? So a lot of new things. I think one of the questions that we try to understand, you know, in our discussion today is can they jump beyond gaming as a company, right? Can they go beyond it? Or is their brand so strong that they're locked in? And do they really need to do that, right? So I think for all that and more, keep listening. Uh, And yeah, Min Liang must come on the show and talk, okay? So for your (laughs) reference sake, this episode was recorded on the 14th of August 2021. Our discussion today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendations. Thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. If you want to continue this discussion, join our Telegram, Group man. Yeah, let's keep this going. Let's geek out. Okay, we're back. Uh, finally, finally, we're out of the US. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we we spent a lot of time in the US. I think primarily because we are very tech-focused and we just spent so much time talking about all the innovation there. Right? Primarily, I think, um, do you think most of the innovation is still coming out of the US today or what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, about? for sure, for sure. I think most of the like, innovative products and services is actually coming out of Silicon Valley. I think Mm. there's a lot of people who are daring to dream and a lot of resources are are being funneled there. So that's why you see a lot of new ideas coming out of there. Um, Nothing stopping, say, Europe and, say, even for Singapore producing these kinds of new innovations. Um, But it's basically where the money and talent goes, right? Uh, And so far, by far and large, um, Silicon Valley is is just taking up a a large sum of both of these resources. uh.
0: Exactly. But that does not mean that there's no uh, other tech companies coming out. But it's just, I think, a lot of the forefront The most innovative Fringe Interesting things Are coming out Of uh, Silicon Valley But I think China Is also climbing up In a lot of these things Right
1: Yep Yep For sure They're pumping a lot Of resources Into the um, their own Greater Bay region um, So that's going to become The Silicon Valley In, in let's say uh, Asia uh, That's what they're Trying to do um, But already you can see in, in Shanghai especially There's a lot of uh, Tech development That's going there People just have really really fast rapid uh, development times even for hardware companies so um, competition is extremely extremely tough there um, even more so than than Silicon Valley I think but yeah it's, it's just wherever these these two resources go uh, resources as well as for talent
0: talent and money right essentially that will mm. bring a lot of innovation yes and that's the Taiwan Chi good stuff and today we're going to spend some time to talk about this company that I think everybody is kind of familiar but may not have used the product and, uh, you know, may not have studied the company and that is Razer, right? But why why Razer and what are your preliminary
1: thoughts of this company? It is
0: a Singapore company listed in Hong Kong for everybody that don't yet know.
1: And they also have operations in the US. Actually, they're a bit all over the place. So, um, about their manufacturing actually comes from the US. That being said, it's not say like, oh, it's an American company. It's, it's uh, led by a Singaporean. So, that's pretty interesting. Another thing why we want to talk about this, so, so this is almost like a household brand, especially for gamers, right? Everyone who games knows Razer, right? But not everyone who games uses Razer, right? But they have very high quality products according to the reviews. And there's just a lot of brand power, uh, which this company brings almost to the level of Apple, right? It's very, very cult-like. And it's interesting to talk about how they have actually gone through their different business models so if they tried experimented. The recent one is like Razer Pay and Razer Card. Uh, but <laughs> they are first and foremost a, a gaming products company and uh, some kind of services to assist the gamers in streamlining the way that they play their games. Yeah, But first and foremost, it's a hardware company.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before we go into the hardware business, do you have any uh, broad comments on the Razer Pay and Razer Card? I mean, yeah, they announced that they left, right? But uh, what are your thoughts about it?
1: I think they were doing it as a very opportunistic way of tackling fintech. Let's say in Singapore or Malaysia and Indonesia. And at the time, they were one of the contenders for the banking license, right? So they had to show that they were doing something, right? And um, in order to edge out against the rest who are probably going to do the same thing as well, um, they try to take the next step where, okay, let's use a bit of their hardware and a bit of their payments infrastructure, right? Show some basic prototype first and get it into production, right so some people are already using it they can go to MES and say that okay we've got something going on already just give it give the license to us we know what we're doing it's that kind of thing right at the end of the day whether it makes sense or not for them to continue ultimately rights on whether they got that license or not right uh, that doesn't stop them from getting either licenses in other countries right so they may still have banking in their sites but uh, what they've just announced already is that they're discounting uh, Razer Pay and Razor Card altogether. so I don't think so yeah is So it all together um,
0: like like uh, around the world Or is it just in Singapore Around the world Around the world Okay okay. So they've given yeah. up In the game la. So they've thrown in The tower Right And <laughs> I, th- I I do think A lot of people Underestimate the kind of Hill that they need to climb Right When they go into A lot of these kind of uh, Parallel spaces And they are really yeah. Very dominant players In the space So yeah yep. yeah, It is something to, to be very aware of Yep So uh, shall we shall we look into a little bit of their business model? I know as a non-gamer myself, you know, I know they sell very expensive hardware for gamers, right? Um, so yeah, can can kind of walk us. Through. Oh, by the way, I just want to shout out that my webcam is actually from Razer. Yeah, so oh. the webcam, the webcam is from Razer. Uh, it's quite good so far, you know, compared to compared to um, the other stuff that I tried for this price point. Mm. So I won't say that they're the most expensive. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't use their keyboard. I don't use their setup. You know, those are the main shit. Alright. So yeah. yeah, walk us through, man. What what is what is their business model? What do they do?
1: Well, they're really a hardware company, but meant for gamers. So you're talking about your keyboards, your mice. You even have specialized uh laptops that you want to play, um, let's say, very high performance games on. Webcam and all that—it's all the peripherals that is built on um, this whole st- game and streaming trend. But originally, they started out with just mice. So you have your special mouse, which is designed in such a way which is uh, optimal for you to do extra clicks, right? Or it's got extra buttons so you can um, attach macros or shortcuts to it. For a gamer, that's a lot of advantages, right? Because you don't need to do like things in sequence. You don't need to do things like uh, three or four different things before you get something done. You can all be sort of scripted and put inside a, what they call a macro. Right, like your Excel macro, same thing, and put it into a button that you can just activate from your mouse or on your keyboard. Right, so this gives you an extra advantage. And um, way back, la, I think the first time I heard about Razer was in high school. So I think about 10, 15 years ago, right? Uh, there were no, okay. other like, like yes, really yes, no other companies doing this. Like really yeah, no so, other companies doing this. I was signing at the 10, 15 years ago.
0: Not, not, the, not, the, not the companies doing I this. I still
1: remember it well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we
0: still can't <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Haven't forget
1: yet, right? Anyway, <laughs> continue, continue. <Yeah. laughs> I think they were really one of the first that actually did this because no other um, mice company or keyboard company actually bothered to look into this space. They hopped on to the trend and they really invested quite heavily into their R&D. Uh, especially for hardware, they they were one of the crazier ones. Uh, I think that worked out well for them. So after that, after the gaming mice, the keyboards and all that, they started to go more into the platform side of things. So this is where the services angle comes up. Uh, Basically, it's just a a game payment service. So uh, imagine you're playing some kind of game and it requires you to have prepaid cards, let's say for subscription to the game or prepaid cards to buy some in-game items, right? So certain countries, they don't actually have a very uh, sophisticated credit card system. Right, or even those playing like sixteen year old, fourteen year old playing those games, right? They cannot get access to a credit card also. So what do they do? They need to go to some convenience store, they go and buy the prepaid card and then they have to redeem it, right? So this whole process is being done through Razor's payments, um, I would say their platform, lah, yeah. So some games they are on Tencent, right, as a as a mini app. Um, Call of Duty Genshin Impact That kind of stuff That is uh, very common today But even from way back uh, They're using the same mechanism To go and do this So that's their services arm And as we talked about uh, Recently There's also the fintech one But now not so much So maybe we don't have to Talk so much about it la. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry Sorry to Min Liang But yes that's, you, you guys You guys gave up So not, nothing much To talk about I think when we we're preparing this They haven't give up yet
1: <laughs> and then, yeah. and then, yeah, yeah. And then
0: they give up <laughs> So, like two days ago, yeah, two so. days ago. So yeah, anyway, end of end of uh, Razer FinTech. Yes, what is what is their uh, product line actually at this point in time? I know they started with the big mouse, right? Very very big mouse, and with all the hotkeys like what you said, you know. But at this moment in time, it feels like they are even beyond oh, many many many. Yeah, they are they are beyond mouse, keyboard, laptops. You know, they it, it feels like they're going to kind of like a Xiaomi play, you know you know like you know like what Xiaomi did, right? Xiaomi Xiaomi at first started with uh, the phone only. And then they, right. they started branching into like household products, you know. yeah, and all those other right. things. You know? So right. what, what are we seeing with uh, Razer's uh, product line?
1: Yeah, so I think it's evolved, right? Rather than just from gaming, the essentials is your keyboard and your mouse. They move on to, say, create headphones, the streaming camera, microphones, uh, all the extra paraphernalia. But now and then they also just try something when they've built up a brand already, like a toaster. They've actually done this okay there of course it's discontinued but there, there, there's just something a bit random that we have done uh, now and then yeah Um, there's also Razer prepaid cards so you just buy Razer's one rather than individual one it'll just work for the same games that you play uh, there's also a Neo car the Neo is a, is a EV company in China right they had some collaboration uh, with Neo to actually produce this car lah yeah, we see it's a tie-up really? between them. The car looks like a Razer mouse. So it's quite cool. It's got green backing, it's got neon lights and all that. Yeah, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it's whether you want to buy that car. Yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. focus primarily, their product line is, is really on games.
0: Yeah, but it's it's pretty interesting how a company can build all these different products around an idea of gaming. And they don't, right. they don't actually need to build the core products behind, whether is it from the GPU, the CPU, you know, the... The main The main stuff That people are are Really using right So they're not like They're not super techy Actually a lot of their stuff um, I would say The technology is very Commoditized It's very Off the shelf Mm. Kind of technology But it's built together You know in a way Whether it's from the molding or the user experience It's targeted at the gamer But actually The core technology Inside are not Like revolutionary And all Is that that a fair statement
1: Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. So actually, anyone else could have built it. Yeah. But what they're really mm-hmm. riding on is the brand. So a lot of people just go to the, oh, Razer brand. The logo is green. It looks damn cool. I associate it with, with it as a gamer, right? And then here comes say like Logitech, or some <laughs> other competitor, right? Some Chinese brand and all that. And then they also try to build the same thing, but it's like blue in color. It's like nah, I wouldn't want to buy that, right? But actually, you see more and more competitors coming up because there are no kinds of like hard-patent intellectual property controls to prevent people from actually uh, doing the same thing. It's a keyboard, right? It's a mouse. It's not an iPhone. And even iPhones, they have, they have really more advanced ways of of doing things such that competitors can't, can't do the same thing. It's just a very niche play, right? And I think Razer made use of their timing as well as their brand to really capitalize on it.
0: Yes, I think at the point in time when they were doing all this stuff, um, it was still quite a fringe idea. Like gaming wasn't that big, you know, and uh, esports wasn't that big yet. You know, so they, yeah. they could essentially they could capitalize on the whole market, right? When when the market is not as big, sponsorships are cheaper, you know, everything is lower, you can enter, you yeah. can dominate, and they have they have gone really, really far with doing all these kind of peripheral, I would call them low tech products, you know, but uh, very well branded and very uh, well done in the user interface. Yeah. yeah. So any any other major processes you think we need to understand about this company before we dive deeper?
1: I think really much to do with the partnerships. Huh? So they cannot be all over the place, but they have to be where the gamers are. So you see a lot of live streaming competitions, you see a lot of uh, maybe even the live event itself. You see Razer there at some point or another, right? This is becoming increasingly competitive as well, um, even though it's like a major process for, for this kind of company. So you'd see other gaming companies say like Steel Series. They also wherever Razor is They are sponsoring All the different teams That's competing In, in any other game also To go and use this But that's, that's actually A major thing Because ultimately Their brand is what Makes this company successful
0: yeah. Yes, yes, definitely important. We're
1: really in the situation where a lot of
0: these uh, competitors are also doing very decent products and it's a whole same thing with how a lot of big consumer brands sponsor sports leagues, you know, and uh, with a lot of esports leagues it's also these kind of stuff. A lot of big consumer brands that they do decent products but you know, they are not technically very unique and they're just fighting for resonance, fighting for the brand, fighting for the
1: position um, yeah. in the
0: whole market.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's not, say, um, like, we, later we can go a little bit into the modes, uh, but not so much, as you could see. But it's really their brand and they have this, like, very cultish kind of audience or customers. <laughs> so, anything else, like the toaster, right, there's going to be people, people who buy it, but they're not going to have a completely new product line you are gonna have a new car. Some people are gonna buy it, but not all the way. Yeah, they can they can add a master key on the mouse where they press the thing, then the
0: toaster start toasting. <laughs> so, oh, wow! Why? it's a it's a full <laughs> it's a full lifestyle suite kind of thing, you know? Yeah, okay. maybe maybe Razor can hire me. yeah. Huh? but, <laughs> but mm. anyway, yes. Anyway, so so when when trying to understand uh Razer as a company,
1: what are some what are some metrics that that you will look at? I think definitely the number of gamers that uh, they have in their platform matters, and what's the proportion of that uh, in relation to all the gamers worldwide. We know only the number, say for the amount on their platform, which is one hundred twenty million users, um, and how many have they grown since the last time? It's sixty eight point two percent year on year growth. So a lot of people picked wow. up gaming, right? Especially Pretty during this good. COVID period. Mm. Yeah. So monthly active users, especially, um, that that picked up quite a bit. I mean fintech we're not talking about it anymore We see your number of payments volume <laughs> still matters because it's still yeah. their services part of the, the business but no longer for the uh, uh, e-wallet as well as yeah. the visa credit card but the number of our payment volume still matters so as long as people still stay within their system they're still going to make money people still use it as a platform lah. I mean there, of course there's others also but others try to have their own kind of garden approach um, say yeah. like Garina Right, Guerina has their own set of games. They also have their own set of payment platforms on that, and they don't actually release. You can only buy prepaid cards specifically for that game or that platform. Same thing, Rich Razer is trying to do here as well.
0: But uh, would you? Are you concerned about? Okay, I know I'm a little bit jumping the gun, but are you concerned about the whole movement towards the mobile gaming wave? You know, like if these like Razer's products are very much for the pro gamer, and for essentially the very serious gamers, right? Uh, but mm. But, you know, like, a lot of the games, a lot of new releases, some of the best stuff, the most profitable games are all going mobile. All right? so, um, yeah, uh, do you have any thoughts on this? I know they are trying to do a little bit of mobile stuff, but, you know, it still does not feel like it's, it's very big in their repertoire.
1: Yeah, so this one not very quantitative, but it's something that also, you should also track, uh, which is a good point. So, the kind of games that must be played on PC... Right, as compared to other kinds of platforms, like a PlayStation or Xbox and things like that. And these are your more traditional games. Uh. So say like your League of Legends, right? Your Counter-Strike, or I don't know, uh, how, how long ago was that? Team Fortress, World of Warcraft. All these all these kind of games really need to be played on PC, right? and no other platform can actually uh, do that. Uh, Call of Duty, Battlefield. As uh, more people actually play these games, that's a great thing. But if there's considerably less, then yes, there's less need to actually have these kind of gaming products, uh. Uh, That being said, Razer is not only meant for gaming, right? But it can also be used for work. Some people just like to macro things. Yeah, so I I know of an accountant who macros some Excel macros to his Razer.
0: (laughs) I've seen how how some of the major accountants from major audit firms, they work, right? They they can talk to me while they're using the thing. uh. They can look at me and chit-chat, but they're still doing their accounts and all. I was like, what the hell? You you guys are already you know, like machines, right? So, so that's a whole, whole different
1: different discussion altogether. But yeah, there's a Raz- saying, right? Uh, yeah, there's a saying for the accountants or even for management consultants, right? They never actually <laughs> use the mouse. So everything they use is keyboard and shortcuts.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. The shortcuts are crazy, are crazy. But that, that being said, right? Razer is really quite big in a lot of the markets that they're in, right? At this, at this point in time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we look at the total number of gamers, right? It's 2 billion gamers. Uh, last time pre-pandemic la. so now at this current uh, juncture it's 3 billion Right, it's 3 billion users they've got 120 million users on their platform so all these gamers right It's it constitutes so many um, across the different platforms right they're just like gamers it's just one group so we yeah, really have loose. to look at it's very loose yeah. so we have to look into say like PC gaming specifically and then uh, from there it's uh, you want to split out into each of the games which people actually play so ultimately they have to write on their brand right but going into mobile would be something that they would want to go into. So the thing is they don't have a mobile platform. They've tried right, with their own phone but I think that was discontinued as well. So really the, the your Android and iPhones and your Samsungs lah, yeah, basically is an Android also. That's another discussion altogether. Google's trying to go into the hardware yeah, later on with Pixel yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's where the trend is going to go. And um, same thing with content. It doesn't mean that people just play mobile only and they don't play other platforms, right? So there's a very there's a lot of this overlap, a lot of cross. Yes, yeah. There's a lot of intersectionality these days in development of games. Right. So where does Razer stand in all of that? Oh, is this is a is this also a question mark? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But I also want to point out that I don't think Razer is not trying to do anything in the mobile space. They are, yeah. you know, uh, they are they are doing a lot of the accessory stuff. But honestly, I, I, I do feel that if they if they manage to ride out into having their own like setup right like a samsung or like ios having actually their own ecosystem that would have that would make them an extremely extremely exciting business Uh, instead of just building you know peripheral accessories which is which is how they started you know in even in the gaming space so let's let's take a look a little bit at their their financials then i mean um, they are definitely very interesting as a company very profitable so yeah what,
1: what are what are the numbers Okay, so uh, I think first and foremost, they also have the number one market share actually in Europe, China and APEC. So in US, it's already 1.1 billion in total sales for gaming hardware. So as of now, they still are leading, right, for games. And they're number one in the US also for premium gaming laptops, right? So their revenue, we have the numbers on 2021, um, TTM versus 2020, they grew 48% year on year, right, to now 1.2 billion USD. And this is even after exiting their mobile handset business. For several reasons, lah. yeah, but basically they, they discontinued that, um, but they still made this much, right? Because there's a surge of gamers and a surge of the demand for their products. And uh, revenue by segment, um, so basically they had the hardware segment and the services segment. So hardware has to do with their mouse, their mice, their accessories, their keyboards and all that. It grew 51.8% to 1.1 billion, super high, right? Nice. This is like 90 nice. plus percent already, right? Yeah, and services, yeah. very, very minimal, very, very minimal. So it's only it grew sixty six point eight percent, but it only contributed one hundred and twenty eight million. And that constitutes your, your total like one point two billion ish USD of revenue already. So these services is very, very small actually. What you should really focus on is just the hardware. Yeah.
0: But I think I think I know it's a little bit optimistic to say, but, you know, services have very high margins, right? So it's similar to the whole Apple kind of thing, you know, you're an Apple user, but, you know, when you're in the ecosystem, all the services that they funnel you through, um, they actually make very, very decent margins, you know, much Mm. more than the hardware in itself. You know, but of course, uh, Apple is a different story that they also make money from the hardware, like serious money from the hardware. So right. that's a, a whole different discussion. But yes, the, we, we never know. We never know uh, what kind of services can come out of it. But just as of now, the observation is that it is a very small fraction of their overall
1: revenue, but high margins. But that would be interesting like, if Razer decides to go on a platform play. Um, it definitely needs more reinvestment because with any platform, you need to go and acquire as many users as possible. Um, yeah. Anyone else also is wanting to set up their own platform, la. So uh,
0: I know, right? Like I, I don't know why they never try to compete with Steam before Google, Apple want to come into games. You know, <laughs> they were already very ahead of everyone. You know, uh, but we can always rate the management later. You know, uh, <laughs> in, in our discussion. But I do think that. They try a lot of things, uh, not all stuck, but it's also quite amicable that they, they managed to end it lah in some ways, right? It's not it's not right. so easy to, to kill initiatives.
1: Right. So yeah, what about what about their costs over, overall? Ooh, okay. As with any hardware focused company, I think the cost of revenue is something that you should look at, right? It took up 943 million. So they made a lot, like right, revenue from it, right? But they also lose a lot because of the cost of this production. Right, but the cost remained around the same. The sales was a bit higher, so you can see that the margins contributed by that is actually higher as well. If you look at it from a opex uh, operating expenses point of view, then it's two hundred seventy million, right? Total across all the uh, different segments, and then for margins, it actually improved by twenty two point three percent. So this was the improvements from the hardware, and this quarter they actually turned profitable, and this is a gap, right? So this is pretty pretty good. Um, ahead of expectations because of the of the drive in uh, number of gamers, uh. and uh, they've also been trying to cut uh, the cost. so they're making a lot of productivity improvements across uh, the last three years uh, on these hardware margins so that's good you're seeing that the cost of the revenue for the hardware segments remaining the same, if not lowering across the years, but the revenue is increasing, so they're, they're doing what they are saying that they are doing. cash flow wise so yes, profitable they made uh, 15 point2 million this year it's the first time they turned profitable, right? Yeah, last year they were, they were losing this, $17 million. This year they made $15 Okay, million. that's pretty good. And I think interestingly, they have no debt. Yes. I think that's a very, very healthy situation. Yeah. Uh, and they
0: do have quite some cash in their bank. So I think that's that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, $600 million. So let's see what they do it with it. Before this, I actually expected them to expand more in their fintech kind of uh, angle. But now it's a little bit of uh, no head, no tail. They're still in mm, <laughs> majority mm. hardware. Are they going to double down on hardware? If so, then uh, what's the long-term roadmap for it, right? A bit questionable at this yes. point. Yeah, and the hard, hardware business is a is a hard place to be, <laughs> so, mm.
0: but uh, but they, they have they have essentially built built it up right. So respect to that. But um, I would say yeah, if they do not have a lot of core technology that are very unique to them, then yeah, they are essentially fighting in the commodity space. They are just playing the brand game. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and any other things to add about about financials?
1: Yeah, so something I want to just bring up, um, apart from all the rest of the stock geek outs, right, is actually the emphasis on the R&D also, because this company, if let's say it's focused so much on the hardware, right, how else is it differentiating itself from others, right? So R&D actually reduced over the last three years that they are doing this cost-cutting exercise. I mean, yes, it it constitutes some portion um, where you're making the hardware operations leaner and all that, but... Now that you have, like, Razer is no longer going into their platform side of business, they're not going into payments either, but they're focusing on hardware, assuming that's the case. But they didn't R&D too much, right? Are they actually losing ground compared to their competitors? I would actually think so, because um, if you look at SteelSeries or you look at uh, other competitors, like even Logitech, right? They're coming out with quite innovative designs and um, slowly but surely, they're actually catching up. Yeah, So I actually like to see this R&D expense if remain the same or increasing actually increase.
0: Yeah. but they definitely need a cash cow if they want to, they want to spend more or this kind of stuff but I think you, right. you, you rightfully point out like, it's an it's a increasingly commoditized space that they're playing with uh, for everybody that don't understand commoditized it just means that it's very easy for everyone else to produce like it becomes a commodity mm-hmm. right? so um, yeah it's, just a, it's a design play and, and all that jazz there's not a lot of patents inside yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a bit challenging
1: we're seeing a lot yeah. of accessories yeah. coming out. So, okay, headphone mm. here, left and right, you know, like uh, extra dongle, sunglasses, right, toaster come out. And then, now and then, there is something interesting, like, a, it's like a Android console, right? It's like a little gaming uh, console that you can connect to your Android to have a edge against the other gamers who's playing mobile. So, rather than tap, 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 right, you have a control. So, that's, that's pretty innovative, right? But we're not seeing much contributions from that and not much growth from that either. So, where is the focus? Right? This is this is the, the, the main question for Reason for at this point. I think I think Xiaomi went through
0: a quite a period also. Mm. Uh, a, a similar but Xiaomi is a similar situation, very commoditized space that they are in, and then they go into a lot of other like low hanging lifestyle products, mm. uh trying to be smart and all. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's also a question mark what's gonna happen there. Mm.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. Um.
0: And let, so let's let's talk a little bit about the management now.
1: Good. So the CEO is uh, Tan Min Liang. He was there since 2006. Uh, I think he was one of the founders as well. He was previously the creative director from Razer itself. But something interesting, he's also part of the remuneration committee. So this is pretty interesting, right? The CEO is also part of it. And he's got a background in law. Usually these two roles are actually separate in, in uh, most other companies. But... I mean if the board is okay with it or he has some say in the board or so, then you can't really fight lah. Yeah. So in other words, like this is his company. Yeah, he's a founder, yes. So that's something important. He's not just the CEO. Yeah. No, and also the remuneration committee. So if he's part of that, he can just justify why he's being paid a certain amount. Even though, say uh maybe like they put like the OKR or the KPI of the board, uh sorry, for the leadership to be raising the stock price as much as possible or to increase earnings and all that, right? It won't matter. Right, So you, you you invite more questions on why this is the case uh, and is he really making decisions for the best of the company or is it for the best for himself? So that's something that, that is quite interesting. Uh. And then um, COO is actually Kang Ju He was this there since 2012. Uh, previously, he was at HP um, in a tech manufacturing operations for 26 years, so pretty long. He was also the CEO of Media Ring. So uh, they were doing mobile voice over IP um, voice, data, computing services. Back then, um, this was in like 2002 to about 2009. Um, this was still a big thing when this segment of IT right, was not really done very well, right? So he was the CEO. And then 2005 to 2011, he sat on the board of uh, SETS, so S-A-T-S. So. And then we have the CFO, uh since Tan Chong Nung. Uh, previously, he was a C- group CFO of uh, TriStar Group. And then the global sales and marketing, is Bob O'Wheeler. He's there since this year, January. Right. Uh. But previously he was in Codex Consumer Business in Europe, Africa, and Middle East, and also the sales and marketing at HP. Okay. So we find have commonality dealer There's some HP roots there for Razer. Okay. Okay. So, uh, how how would you rate the management? It looks like they have a
0: yeah decent strength in operations, which I expect them to have because yeah. it is a hardware you know very long supply chain kind of business. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But how would you rate the management overall?
1: Yeah, I think I think going back to Razer being a hardware company, but it's a commodity kind of a company. It's just churning out different kinds of products at this point, and then marketing it as much as possible, right? Uh, for this kind of operations, I think the management is suitable, right? But they are not doing anything revolutionary, not anymore, right? Maybe back in fifteen years ago, they were doing things that are revolutionary, and the team looked different then, but now they haven't actually progressed past that. They are doing more of the marketing side of things, right? It's really like, yeah, next year it can be a refrigerator by Razor, right? And then a toaster, <laughs> it can be another like electric vehicle car tie-up and all that. It doesn't matter. They just need to get the manufacturing right. And um, the team seems structured that way, right? It doesn't mean that they are going to bring in like big guns who so are going to lead something very innovative on the technology side of things. There's no innovation. Yeah, let's say design a totally different mouse or a keyboard plus mouse, right? Which will revolutionize the way you work or the way that you game. Uh, there are several designs like that, uh, but that, those kind of things existed already. And actually not many people use them, right? So the product didn't really also take off, right? So who's really um, driving the company is unsure thing. Like who's really like, chewing in the different areas? There are people, right? But is there a common direction? I think this is, a, this is a question mark, yeah.
0: I also think it's important to note that uh, they are still a very young listed company so far. Mm. Um, and it's very different from running a private company and running a listed company, right? So right. Uh, you don't get so much scrutiny, you don't get so much pressure. People be like, oh, what are you planning to do? What are you planning to do, right? So I think I think there's, uh, there's also that element of things. Uh, yeah. But you know, as, as retail investors, we should be very critical about what is the business plan? What is the future? If, if I'm not seeing anything, then... You know what is gonna happen, right? And I think I think those things are very very real stuff.
1: Yeah, because uh, you have although they have cash in the bank, right? It doesn't mean that they can just keep experimenting over and over, right? This is also yeah. like testing like shareholders' patience, like we which is the direction that you want, right? They already established yes. company, they have global operations and all that. But at the end of the day, where do they want to focus their time and attention on? Yes, maybe their manufacturing, their production process for hardware is really, really good. But what is the over strategy? Where is the company headed to in the next five or 10 years? That's something that I don't actually see inside the transcripts. I don't actually see inside their reports as well. It's more of like very short-term kind of adjustments. Like, hey guys, we have a toaster. And then like, we're going to do FinTech (laughs) along the way. And then uh, this will be a new kind of platform that we're going to be focusing on for the next two or three years. And then suddenly cut. Right? Why? There's no explanation. So... Uh, I'm yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to why in the following earnings report, um, or at least make some announcement on why Not just suddenly say that it's cut. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Next season we'll have a uh, razor waffle iron, all right? Uh, so, so that all you gamers don't need to work as hard, right, for food. But anyway, Min, Min Liang is in Singapore. He's a Singaporean, so I don't think it's that difficult to get him. So shout out if you are listening to this, come on to the show. I want you to you know share with us your thoughts, your plans, your struggles because although we are down here being very critical about the business being very critical about the future plans but as an entrepreneur I know I know it's difficult you know um, but yeah so so um, maybe you know me as an entrepreneur I am vibing with you but as an investor nope I'm still, I'm still very critical about all this. these
1: questions are popping up like, I, I, I don't have a position but researching into this I will have more questions like this could be answered somewhere then this will make things a lot more clearer whether to invest in the company or not and I think, I think there was a lot of missed opportunities, you know, um, having
0: a dominant position at a point in time, uh, all the way to like 10 years from then to now, there mm. were a lot of things that could be done, right? Whether it's a challenging steam or whether it's having their own like um, mobile platform platform. Um, and even even the whole like fintech and all that, they, they, they always feel like they're a little bit late to the game. You know, I, I always feel like they, they 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 try to do it, but it's like oh, least a little bit late, a bit a bit late. other like, people are already doing it, and then they try to come in and fight, but they don't have enough of a war chest to fight. You know, because they don't have that very high margin cash flow churning juggernaut. You know, in their in their mm. ecosystem, uh, for them to really play these kind of like late game essentially
1: because no, after okay. a while, like you, 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 start to think like actually they did sink some resources into it actually. Um, like they the did, whole notion of of having Razor Pay, um, like even as a point of sale or some way to complement the Visa or Mastercard kind of like tap to pay mechanism, right? That was actually significant investment. Um, so they continue if they continue to do it, right? They could be somewhere. But I'm not sure whether there's underlying some operational issue or some licensing issue and all that. Those could be further explained, of course.
0: May, may or may not, you know. I think executionally, mm. honestly, um, while I was living in Singapore for this one over year, right, they, it was the height of the whole Razor Pay thing that they're trying to do. Right, I think the oper- mm. the execution is not good. Uh, the execution was very wonky. They're trying to give out free masks You know The vending machine Those are stupid things You know People are Throwing money Google is throwing money at you To use a Google Pay Even even a lot of the other uh, Smaller guys Even auto They were doing post systems They You know They were going online and a lot of those other guys, they, were, they think they were doing a lot better from an executional standpoint, mm. which is why I'm saying that they, are, they, they feel like they're always slightly late to the game. It's like they're already dominant players or they're already people that are executing very well. Does not mean that if someone is executing well, you cannot compete. It just means that you need a thicker wall chest to compete. Right and you need to be faster, you need to be a little bit more unique in your execution. Um mm. so yeah, it's just as of now, yeah, just feels like it is not as uh, interesting. La. But so would, would you would you think that the company has any modes that, that we should recognize?
1: Have have. I think they have a very strong brand. So they're still the go to brand for gaming. I mean number one market share in a few countries really, right? Uh there's there's several reasons for that, right? So people still go to it right as the first thing that they wanna try. Razer, does it support my use case or not? Right, and then I'll just compare the rest of competitors, and they find that okay, the rest of the competitors are kind of there but not there yet. I'll just get Razer, and there's a very strong cult behind Razer, right? There's there's a reason why also any product that they launch, right? There's gonna be some people that buy. Doesn't matter whether they discontinue down the road, right? But people will at least try, right? So they belong to a certain kind of community. They really resonate with the brand, and that's something that not a lot of companies can actually do. So this is what Razer has uh, going for them. And then um, they were able to sell masks la, with the razor logo, right? I mean, <laughs> it's aesthetic, right? Other than it's just uh, providing you protection, right? It gives you the razor logo on your face. It's like, wow, okay. <laughs> people are still waiting to buy that for, I think it's uh, 20 bucks, 30 bucks for a pack. It's, it's, quite, it's quite expensive, la, but people will still do it. Okay, So I think they are able to pull off this kind of effect which uh, Apple also has. There's a very strong cult behind it. Um, I wouldn't go to the, to the level of uh, saying they have some kind of walk garden, right? But the cultish kind of mindset, you can do a lot of things with that. And that's how you can actually bring your marketing of new products right into life yeah, by really riding on that. The second thing I think is their integrated gaming platform. So they have a bunch of games it really which they are closely associated to, uh, whether they're sponsored it a lot or they partner with other people who have. Inside their own platform, like, they can actually do something about it. It's still a very small percentage of their revenue, but at least they have it now, right? And it's entrenched. People are still using it to make the payments, to go and do prepaid stuff and all that. I was going to expand on RazorGo, Go, Rizel Pay, the whole Razer FinTech right, around this. Actually, there's a whole strategy and ecosystem for this but it's a question mark <laughs> yeah at this point yeah, I think they could have done a lot if, if they continued so I, I'd like to know the reason why they, they actually discontinued and uh, what's the next plans so? because once, once they discontinue this external ecosystem then the
0: whole fintech thing just stays within a gaming ecosystem once again Yes, right, because yes. yeah, because I I know what you're saying. Because if if they had the Razor payment wallet or Razor card, then you know, in-game spending can connect with offline spending, and then it becomes yeah. a a flywheel, right? Like all the gamers can go out and buy, and then they will also collect points to get rewarded back in the in the in-house the in-app stores. Yeah, and then you know, there's a cycle that that can be very sexy as a business for for them. It could have been a very big thing.
1: Right, there there's a whole angle for their marketing. It's like the Youth Millennial Bank or even like the Gamers Bank right that's really cool so if you had a Razer card or this kind of Razer Visa card right everyone knew that you were a gamer and you were associated with certain perks right which only Razer can give Hey, I would get that yeah right but now if let's say there isn't these kind of things right why would people actually go it's missing one part of that ecosystem already yeah so what's going to replace it or is it totally just going to be left hanging yeah
0: interesting I I do think that they should try again, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure like if they are actually going to do it, but yeah, let's see, let's see how it goes, because I do think that if you can bring the gamer out of the game, you know, and stay with them throughout, then you have that cult-like following to then continue to reap the upside effect, right? Mm. Uh, but yeah, as of now, uh, no, no, no real plans. Okay, yeah. okay. A- any, any other uh, growth strategies that you think they can ride on? Because I do think that they are riding on a very good, uh tailwind, right? Whether it's the yes. rise of gaming, you know, remote working and all those kind of stuff. So I, I'm not discounting all of that. I mean I I'm using a Razer webcam, you know, <laughs> let's let's be real. <laughs> right? So uh, I think they are pu- pushing out some pretty good products. But yeah, I'm 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 not sure uh what what are, what are your thoughts on,
1: on, on future growth? Okay, so esports is still growing. The pandemic is an additional boon to that because everyone's staying from home. But it's temporary, right? Or we like to think it's temporary. La. So, okay, so moving forward, we want to see, I think, more innovation. They could, they're trying with their mobile so they have different accessories, things like the gaming console attached to your Android device or your iPhone device and all that. But more than that, right? So something more long-term rather than just a passing trend would be, say, AR, VR. Are they doing any R&D in that direction? right? Are they also going to different kinds of platforms? So wherever the game is, Razer's there. It's not just PC anymore. So I'm talking about PlayStation, your Xbox. Are they also giving some kinds of accessories at least? Then they can address that or it's not part of their plan altogether. Again, a big part of the growth I thought was going to come from their, their, their bank side of things. Um, there's really a lot of opportunities lah. is it because of the operational costs it won't make sense right? if they don't get a license or it won't make sense because there's certain things which are not part of the play and then they discontinue for now but ultimately if, if hardware is left then I think where the opportunities are going to be at is wherever the games are okay, fair fair. Yep,
0: yeah, so I, I think broadly speaking it's a decently executed company you know, um, in, in closing, do you want to talk us through some of the risk factors or competition that you think uh, we should be aware of when, when evaluating and, and trying to understand this company?
1: Yeah, so the big one is really the shift to mobile or other platforms. So not necessarily is that everyone will still be in the cult of Razor, right? Maybe at a certain age, they grow up and then they find like, okay, I need something more corporate, <laughs> I go for Logitech. And that's yeah.
0: the power. Of, that's the power of uh, branding, but also the problem with branding, right? If you yeah. brand too closely, you know, associated with a particular thing, I I'm honestly not sure if uh, business
1: people will bring a Razer laptop to business yes, meetings. that kind of thing, right? Mm. So so
0: that that is a uh yeah, it's a two side things lah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you gotta have some kind of like hidden basement or hidden room for just for gaming, law. And then like all your Razor stuff is there, it's your, your, your other persona, right? And then in outside, they are like very like professional, very corporate. But behind the scenes, like, oh, everything's Razor, that kind of thing. So these are really consumer trends. And with consumer trends, there's always a risk that it changes, right? Overnight, it could be something else. Uh, for example, people might be, say they don't like the color green anymore. Oh wow. Yeah, this is, this is like totally extreme, okay? But in the context, the very serious one is at least it shifts to other platforms, all the consumer taste is shifted also like people don't want to play pc games anymore people want to play just their android or iphones right and they may not want the accessories also so how ah then there goes your, your your business model right you need to come up with other ways to to make that work and how that is going to come about is new products new services you have to innovate cool cool yeah so
0: overall i think razer is still at a very relatively simple business model you know good products. Well branded, churn to their community, and just keep growing. But yeah, uh, I'm excited to see if there are any uh, interesting growth opportunities, and uh, to see whether the company can continue to grow. And I think you rightfully point out about R and D. Right, uh, we don't want any company that is playing in the very high tech space, or you know, specifically in tech, you know, where the life cycle of products and lifecycle of services is relatively short and very competitive. Mm. Um, you you really want to be very caution about yeah, investments in, uh, in R&D mm. okay cool a- any, any last words to add before we end
1: off I think they also have uh, pretty good control of their supply chain so uh, one of the remarks made by the CEO this quarter was that actually they have quite a bit of diversified suppliers so even though there were supply chain uh, constraints right, they actually still kept the costs constant or low So you can see that expanding with their margins, right? Yeah. So this discipline is really good. I think they have it uh, pat down, uh, especially for the supply chain control. It's really just the innovation part. What's next, right? So uh, maybe we'll find out in the following quarter. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Min Liang, come on the show. Let's
0: talk about what's next. Okay, see you guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey Coconuts, so I hope you learned something useful today and definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision. We're not giving you any recommendations here, but i always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series has a lot more depth and terms, so if you have any questions for us, do join our community telegram group or DM us on our socials. Link is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow Definitely share the podcast With your friends And on your socials And to stay tuned With what is happening In the markets And in the TFC network Do sign up for our Weekly newsletter At thefinancialcoconut.com With that I hope you have A great day ahead And may you improve To become a confident Insightful and disciplined investor Ultimately creating The life you love While managing Your finances well See ya next week